Welcome to the Standing Up to Pots podcast, otherwise known as the Potscast. This podcast is dedicated to educating and empowering the community about postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, commonly referred to as POTS. This invisible illness impacts millions and we are committed to explaining the basics, raising awareness, exploring the research, and empowering patients to not only survive, but thrive. This is the Standing Up to Pots podcast. Hello, fellow POTS patients and beautiful people who care about POTS patients. I'm Jill Brooke, your horizontal host, and today we have an episode of the POTS Diaries. We are speaking with Rebecca today. Rebecca, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So for starters, tell us where you are and what time it is, because I think we are many hours different from each other. Yeah, so I'm from uh, New Zealand, and so it is 12 o'clock, and I believe I'm a day ahead of you. I think so. Yep. It's three o'clock for me a day earlier. Yeah. So so I think that's the biggest time change I've had speaking to anybody. So where in New Zealand are you from? Uh, I'm from Hawke's Bay. So it's on the east coast of the North Island. Okay. So can you just tell us a little bit about your hometown? So at the moment, we're just heading into summer. So it's going to start getting really hot. And where I'm currently living, we're kind of known for Good beaches and wineries, good fruit growing area. So in summer, there's lots of fresh fruit around, which is really nice. That sounds amazing. What's the most common types of fruit that you'll have? We do lots of apples. Beautiful. Wow. Well, it sounds amazing. I hope to visit New Zealand someday, but I have to become a better traveler first. Okay. So let's see. What else should we know about you? How old are you? And tell us, like, who do you live with? Uh, So I'm 24 and I currently live with my parents. And what are your favorite activities? So I love going outside and going for walks when I can. And also love just putting on some music, just singing away, having a good time. Very nice. Okay, so back to this New Zealand thing, because probably you are the first person that we're hearing from, from New Zealand. So like when you go for a walk, what kind of scenery are you looking at? Lots of greenery, lots of trees, native bush, mouse there. Lots of tramping, lots of, especially in New Zealand, they're kind of known for that whole conservation greenery part, which is pretty cool. Wow, that sounds amazing. That sounds so nice. Okay, other activities. Anything else you love doing? I've just started trying to get back into swimming. That's really cool. And so what would your family or friends say your personality is like? Special. When I first get to know people, I'm coming across pretty shy. But then once I get to know them more, my personality comes out a lot more. I'm a lot more chatty and a lot more bubbly complete opposite (laughs) so did you have a life before pots and if so can you just give us like a quick description of what that life was like yeah so about nine months before I got pots I just graduated from nursing had moved towns started my first job as a nurse then all of a sudden pots decided to show up (laughs) and Oh, so this was pretty recent. So you had no pots for like the first 20 some years of your life? Yeah. Yeah. It was all of a sudden, yeah, got some virus. And then a couple months later, my health just went completely downhill. Oh, so what was the first sign that something was off? So for me, it was kind of stomach pains was the initial thing that got me to the doctor. And so went to the doctor, did some blood tests, and we found out that actually my thyroid was overactive. So we went down that pathway, ended up in hospital because my heart was going far too fast and got put on to some heart medication to bring the heart rate down. And then as time went on, started getting dizzier and dizzier and work got a lot harder because 
I felt like I was going to pass out all the time at work. That was pretty hard. And it wasn't until a couple of weeks later, we decided, okay, we're going to stop this heart medication because we think this is probably what's causing you to be dizzy. And came off the heart medication and they said, yep, that's fine. You can just stop it cold turkey. Everything will be fine. And two days later, wound up back in the emergency department with my heart rate just skyrocketing. And then the next day, after a few tests, the cardiologist came around and said, I think you had something called POTS. So, wow, awareness of POTS in New Zealand so far sounds superior to anywhere else I've heard of. So was that lucky or does everybody just know about POTS there? So when I first started, not hardly anyone seemed to know about it. But the interesting thing with my story is about a month into my symptoms, I got told, you know, we think you've got POTS. We can't confirm it. And then as time went on, I actually ended up getting that diagnosis taken away. And they said, no, we don't think you have POTS. We think you have something called hyperventilation syndrome. Oh, so they thought it was your breathing? Yeah, so they thought that I was breathing too much and that's what was causing my heart rate to go really fast and be dizzy and have all these symptoms. Wow, what did you think when they said that? Like, did you feel like you were over-breathing? I did at the time. You know, you don't really think you are and then you kind of start processing it and go, actually, may- maybe I am. So I went along with that diagnosis. I thought, okay, maybe maybe this is what I've got going on. Went and saw a respiratory physio. So we went through all the breathing stuff, which is really useful, really helpful. And I still use a lot of those techniques today. And I got to the point with the respiratory physio and she says, I don't think there's anything else I can do for you. I don't think this is actually what, what you've got going on. I was like, okay, all right. So, you know, I keep going, plodding along. And unfortunately, I kept having these big spikes in heart rate and being really dizzy that I ended up having to go to the hospital, especially at that time I was flatting. And I didn't really have any family because they were back here in Hawke's Bay, which is about four hours drive away. And yeah, and so unfortunately with the hyperventilation syndrome, the doctors all kind of said, I think it's just a fancy term for anxiety, which, yeah, and which... It was really unfortunate because I keep presenting to hospital with these symptoms and they kind of would just say, get over yourself, you're fine. So how did you finally end up with a diagnosis of POTS again? Or have you not been re-diagnosed? Uh, so I finally got official diagnosis back in July. Went and saw a new cardiologist that had been recommended from someone that I had connected with on a support group. And so I went and saw her and she said, looking through all your stuff, like you've got classic symptoms of POTS. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> After two years of going through all this and people saying, you haven't got POTS, we don't think you have, you know, it's all just anxiety to finally get, you know, this official diagnosis was just like a huge relief. Oh, man. Okay. So once you had a real diagnosis and everybody bought into it, was that able to get you some help or treatment that made a big difference? Yeah, so I got put on a new heart lowering medication and it has made a huge difference. I'm not feeling so restless, like especially at work. You know, my heart rate's so much further down and it's so nice to not feel my heart pounding all the time. Oh my gosh. So did you work through all of this and what was that like? Yeah, I especially when I first got that kind of, we think you have POTS, I was told, just drink some more water. You know, you'll be fine. We'll just wait for you to get this tilt table test and things like that. So thankfully I had a week of holiday already planned. Unfortunately, I got a really bad cold, which I think just made everything worse. And I went back to work for a week, ended up collapsing at work. So I was like, okay, oh. you know, can't continue this. And 
thankfully I was able to go into a different area where it was more of a sit-down job, which is great. But unfortunately, as my health just kept getting worse, I didn't end up having to stop um, stop work last year. Okay. And so can you give us a snapshot of what were your symptoms at your very worst and then where are they now? So at my worst, even trying to get out of bed, I just couldn't. I had to crawl on the floor because I would just keep collapsing or passing out and be standing up, you know, heart rate would shoot up to 180, absolutely horrible, and just so exhausted all the time. And it didn't help either the flat I was living in at the time. To get into the actual flat was this extremely steep flight of stairs to get into the flat. So that didn't make life easy at all. Oh, and you were newly away from your family too. Yeah. I mean, what was that like? Did you feel like you were just all alone and your body was falling apart and... You weren't getting answers? I mean, that sounds tough. Yeah, it was It was really tough. I'm so grateful to mum. She did come down, especially when I was getting really unwell. So I'm so thankful for her because it was a long drive. And it was so hard for her because she was living so far away. I was also quite thankful to have um, made some good friends with the flatmates I had who also really supported through that time. But yeah, it was so tough. You know, I just moved away. I was looking forward to, you know, starting my life and becoming so unwell and just not having that extra support from family and trying to survive by also trying to figure out what's going on with my body, kind of saying, oh, we think you've got anxiety or maybe you're making it up. You know, it's very, it was a really tough time. So what helped you get through that? How did you cope with it? Something really important to me is my faith that I just have to say that's probably one of the biggest things that made a difference. So How functional are you now? I think we heard about how you were at your worst. How are you doing now? What can you do or not do now? So I'm a lot better now. I'm able to go to work three days a week, which is on my feet, which if you told me when I first got unwell, I would have said, no, no way. No way I can do that. How to be able to do that. Just starting to kind of reintroducing, doing some exercise like swimming. Still need a lot of rest time kind of to make up for those days, but compared to where I am, I'd say I'm probably like maybe 60, 70% functional. So do you think that it has changed how you are as a nurse now that you've kind of been the patient? Oh, hugely. I think I'm so much more sympathetic to patients and knowing, especially, you know, that having an invisible illness as well, how hard it is to be believed. And I think just being a lot more kind of like advocating for patients as well was a huge thing that I've learned as well. How often do you come across patients that have invisible illness? Quite frequently, especially in the area that I'm in at the moment, which is an outpatient setting. And, you know, it's something I didn't really think about, I think, when I first started nursing, how many invisible illnesses there are out there. And now coming across them, I think it's a lot more prevalent than most people are aware of. Wow. So are you like the favorite nurse of those people now? Probably a lot of people probably aren't aware that I actually have invisible illness but I think probably not because I work in an outpatient setting we're only seeing people for a short period of time there's not really too much that I need to do for the advocating side. So is there anything that you know now about living with POTS that you wish you had known sooner? Definitely getting that official diagnosis is a huge thing and also being a lot more kinder you know kinder to yourself as well and I think as well just how much it affects your whole body. It's not just a heart issue. I think that's the biggest thing as time's gone on. I was just wondering if the whole POTS experience had changed your outlook on anything in life. 
So yeah, definitely being a lot more grateful for the things that I can do. Even being able to get out and just go for a simple walk around the block is something that I take a lot more granted for now, especially when at the worst point I just had to crawl on the floor. And yeah, being so much grateful for the little things. You know, in the past that you go, oh, it's just so little, I won't be grateful for it. Where now you go, it's a little thing. Okay, this is huge. Let's make the most of it. Has there been any silver linings along the POTS experience? But definitely connecting with other people who have POTS and not feeling so alone, as well as being able to support other people who are so newly in their diagnosis as well. Is there a New Zealand POTS community? So there is kind of New Zealand and Australia group that I found on Facebook, which especially when I was first diagnosed, was a huge thing for me as well, just being able to put up questions on there and people being able to answer and giving advice. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So what does a POTS-related victory look like for you these days? Like what is something where when you can do it, you're like, yes, I did it. Getting through a day of work, you know, there are still days at work that I struggle. I have trouble getting through the day or, you know, just being able to, especially now being able to get back into doing a bit of exercising. Before I got unwell, that was my stress relief was being able to go for long walks and things like that. And once that got taken away, that was, that was pretty tough. Yeah. It's like POTS victory part A is being able to do something again. And then part B is later on when you actually start to be able to enjoy it again. I know that for me that there was a long time between being able to walk and then being able to enjoy it again. Yeah. And then other things, you know, it kind of always followed that pattern too. And it made me really appreciate the joy in the little things mm. outside yeah. of just doing them. But tell us a little bit more about your work. Like, so what's the hard part of your work? What's the part where you're like, oh boy, this is getting tough. Is it just being on your feet so much? Yeah, definitely being on my feet. Um, it's probably one of the hardest things. Thankfully, in the type of job I've got currently, there are plenty of opportunities to sit down, which is great because I wouldn't, wouldn't be able to survive work without being able to be, sit down for some periods. But still, it gets sometimes I, I am needing to be on my feet for a long time. And that can be quite tricky. You know, standing there and going, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Here's my heart is pounding away. It's fine. So are you up for doing a speed round where we ask you to just say the first thing that comes to your mind? Sure. Okay. What is your favorite way to get salt? Salt. What is the drink that you find the most hydrating? Hydrolyte. What is your favorite time of the day and why? Pretty early evening and because that's usually when I've had the most to drink and when I can kind of truly relax for the evening. Where is your favorite place to spend time and why? Probably the beach. Love being able to go for a swim and it's just so relaxing getting the sea breeze and watching the waves come in. Oh, that sounds amazing. How many doctors have you seen for POTS? Too many. How many other POTS patients have you ever met face-to-face? Two. What is one word that describes what it's like living with a chronic illness? Frustrating. What is some good advice anyone ever gave you about anything? It's okay to take some time to rest. What is something small or inexpensive that brings you comfort or joy? My cat. Who is someone you admire? My mom. Do you want to say why? Just with how much, especially after all the trying to look after me and, you know, I just really admire her, how much that she's actually done for me, especially when I got so unwell and that she was so willing to drive to come and support me. And then 
take me back home and then take me back and just putting up with my stubbornness. What is something you are proud of? Being able to work again. What is the toughest thing about pots? That it is just so unpredictable and it can come at, at, at a time when you know you want to do something and then it decides to show up and it can just completely ruin your plans. Mm-hmm. What helps you fall asleep, if anything? Listening to podcasts. Oh, me too. Do you have any favorite one to recommend? Do you know the Standing Up to Pots podcast? <laughs> Good answer. Next question. What gives you energy, if anything? My friends. What is a gift that you would have sent to every single POTS patient on the planet if you had infinite funds? A knowledgeable doctor. What is something you are grateful for? Super grateful for my parents. Okay, I'm wondering if you can finish these sentences. I love it when... It's a nice day. I hate it when... When a POTS likes to show up. People might suspect I'm a potsy when... They see me guzzling a lot of water. And have you ever had to sit down or lie down in a weird place because of pots? And if so, where was it? On the salt path. And did anyone come by and wonder what you were doing? Yeah, so I'd actually gone out for lunch with a friend and was walking back to the car and thinking, I'm not going to make, make it to the car. So I had to go lie down and thankfully a member of the public went to a nearby op shop and gave me a pillow and a blanket. <laughs> And of course, it was right by the roads. I think as everyone's driving past in the car, they're like, why is she lying on top? <laughs> so I just have a couple more questions. What do you wish more people understood about POTS? That it's out there and that it can have a massive impact on your life. Is there anything you'd like to say to your fellow POTS patients out there who are listening? Keep going uh, and, you know, things can get better and keep trying to find a doctor who can help you as well. And why did you agree to let us share your story today? Want other people to not feel so alone, you know, in their journey and yeah, also wanting to let people know that things can get better, especially with POTS, you know, there's can be such an impacting and can make a huge difference in your life. But, you know, finding the right doctor, sometimes finding the right medication, things can get better. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much. And we're very happy that There are people like you out there in the healthcare profession who are so compassionate and knowledgeable about this. And I know everybody listening wishes you the best going forward. So thank you for sharing your story and your insights with us today. Thank you very much for having me. And hey, listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. We'll be back again next week. But until then, thank you for listening. Remember, you're not alone. And please join us again soon. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Consult your healthcare team about what's right for you. This show is a production of Standing Up to Pots, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can send us feedback or make a tax-deductible donation at www.standinguptopots.org. You can also engage with us on social media at the handle Standing Up to Pots. If you like what you heard today, please consider subscribing to our podcast and sharing it with your friends and family. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts or at www.thepodscast.com. Thanks for listening.